0: Hey there everybody and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast. The podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz here with my good friend and wingman Christian Ubius and Christian Great Balls of Fire Christian. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Don't take my breath away just yet. I'm going to need it for the next 40 to 50 minutes, but holy mackerel, Christian, I have been waiting for this day for years, and I'm so excited that it's finally here. We get to discuss the sequel to Top Gun. It actually released in movie theaters, Christian. It's real. It it arrived. We got to see it with our very own eyes, and listeners, if you can't tell, I am fiendishly excited and probably giving Christian cause for concern because I've just been rambling for a minute straight so Christian how are you my friend I am still buzzing with excitement after seeing this movie days ago
1: this movie is quite good this this movie is is, is actually awesome it rocks this movie's
0: great so good this it's so is good awesome. it's so good oh I've it, man
1: I, I've seen it twice already I'm not, oh. I am can't lie
0: <laughs> let's go it's gonna be a love fest here on the cinema drip podcast and let me tell you folks i saw christian's letterboxd review for the original top gun i got concerned because with this movie coming right around the corner and us discussing it on the show i thought he may not have a rapturous reaction to it were it to be a good movie otherwise and yet here we are both of us ready to sing the praises of this movie oh baby i can't wait it's uh, there, well, there's, let's, let's calm down slightly
1: because believe me, I'm not, I'm not really going to say negative thing. I'm. I'm not, I don't, I love this. This is a blockbuster that that's been pretty, pretty sweet being able to see. So I, I saw it Sunday with another friend, even though I had I already, I was thinking I could see it Monday with more friends because I wanted to see it in the Dolby and several Dolby seatings were sold out, but man the uh, you could feel those planes sir
0: you could (laughs) very much feel those planes and there is a moment in this movie early on uh, at the beginning there's a plane that maverick is flying where a, a military man gets out of his jeep to watch him and he comes roaring over him the plane is flying at the camera, so flying at the audience, and as soon as it zooms over the character who's watching, you can feel it in the theater. <laughs> like, my heart started beating a little faster. I tensed up, and it. Oh man, it felt good to have those kinds of visceral reactions to a movie again. This this movie,
1: we 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 have to. We'll get to it. We'll get to it in a 2nd well actually more than a second. But <laughs> this this is I'm the start. This is the start of the new blend of the month. It is the Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie blend of the month. So we are looking at three movies in which Christopher McQuarrie was involved and the three movies star Tom Cruise. It's, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm quite proud of myself in choosing this. I, I I feel like these are going to be some bangers, even though um, all three will be first time movies for me. I just think that all three are they, they seem to fit the scale of Blockbuster Epic. So we, we're we going to delve into what it means to have a collaborator behind the camera with someone in front of the camera and what it means to follow their journey together. Uh, it's going to culminate in, in a special episode at the end of the month where we're going to look at other kinds of collaborations, but I'm, I'm still hammering out some details there, so we're not going to completely spoil that. That being said, what we should do is recap the first Top Gun and then give information about new Top Gun. So, uh, Scott, do you want to recap
0: OG Top Gun for us? Let's do it, folks. So, the original Top Gun, of course, one of the, uh, I want to say, one of the first big hits of Tom Cruise's young career – Came out in 1986 and was directed by Tony Scott, notably produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. We spent uh, a good deal of time on last week's episode, the National Treasure episode, talking about Jerry Bruckheimer and his producing partner for his early career was the late Don Simpson. So those two very important to getting this movie made. Of course, starred Tom Cruise as Pete Maverick Mitchell, who was sent to the Top Gun um, Naval Flight uh, Academy. And, of course, gets wrapped up in the competition with his fellow pilots. And along with his best buddy, Goose, tries to win, uh, of course, the competition at Top Gun. It was a very... Big financial and box office success without really being a critical success. It was made on a budget of only $15 million, but made over 350 at the global box office. Uh, of course, in 1986, that's a lot of money. Uh, it has come out in theaters a couple times since then for some re-releases, so it might have dra- uh, brought in a little bit more. But... Although it didn't receive great critical reviews, it also would go on to win the Oscar for Best Original Song for Christian's favorite song, Take My Breath Away, (laughs) and also get nominated for three other Oscars. So a a very what received movie when it came to the technical aspects of the film and tom cruise's you know maybe not star making because he was already becoming a star but one of the movies that cemented his star power for sure Uh, and he definitely was a winner of that movie and of course would then go on to be an amazing a-list movie star and tom gunn is one of the major movies that helped get him established as a box office draw
1: you like that movie quite a bit. You like original Top Gun quite a bit, Christian. I, I love that
0: movie. <laughs> I love Top Gun.
1: I I don't get it, <laughs> I, I, and, and I don't need to because we're not talking about original Top Gun. I think the story is is quite poor, and I think the the
0: the the sex scenes are so bad. Look, just they're so bad they're good, Christian. <laughs> Is there even more than one? I feel like I'm forgetting if there's a second one. No, but the one that they have is so. <laughs> when "Take My Breath Away" features into the movie, of course, that's an Oscar-winning scene, Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, but let's talk about let's talk about let me let me talk about new Top Gun. So, Top Gun Maverick, uh, I believe, was first announced or, or plans for the sequel started to come around either 2010 or 2012 around that time. Um, and pre-production was ultimately halted because of Tony Scott's Untimely Death, which led to people unsure as to whether or not another Top Gun movie would come out. That being said, Joseph Kaczynski did have a meeting with Tom Cruise, and the the, the thing that kept Tom Cruise for many years from deciding on a script was wanting to know what has what has his character been doing in all of the years prior to the sequel coming out what would have happened to his character between top gun and the new movie that required him to come back and the script that we end up getting which was delayed by uh delayed by reshoots on the aerial uh well honestly the aerial sons that they perform and then again three different times because of the covid pandemic i think it 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 was over
0: three years after it was originally supposed
1: to come out that it officially came
0: out right it was slated to release in 2019 i i believe it was according to wikipedia originally scheduled for july 2019 and of course it's just now releasing in may 2022
1: right so the it kept from coming out but also It's been drawing in big numbers at the box office so people feel like it was worth the wait. It follows our Maverick being sent back to Top Gun, being ordered to go back to teach a new generation of fighter pilots to navigate a mission to take out a dangerous tank holding uranium in an undisclosed location featuring very difficult aerial techniques that is that is the plot and and there's also like a love interest in there oh and one of the fighter pilots he is training is the son of his old co-pilot goose this son being played by miles teller whose call name is rooster and his name is bradley
0: bradshaw bradley bradshaw what a name man That's right. I mean, when you can name your kid Brad after your last name is Brad, you just got to take it. you know.
1: Christopher McQuarrie, of course, not the director, but is one of the co-writers who has co-written several movies that Tom Cruise has starred in recently. Other people writing the screenplay are Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, the story also by Peter Craig and Justin Marks. Uh, As of right now, and we are recording this on the Tuesday after Memorial Day, it has brought in 300 million dollars off of a budget of 170 million goodness me which is it has the biggest it has the biggest Memorial Day weekend opening numbers of all time it's incredible <laughs> and this is one of those movies where you can say people seem to be much more okay going into the theaters and and if you're still hesitant about that of course there's no pressure but People are making events
0: out of movies again, and uh, that's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, it's really cool. I I think, in terms of just thinking about it from the industry, from the business that Christian and I, I mean, that we're both invested in it's exciting to see a movie like this released to such massive box office draws because although yes it is a sequel uh some people have used the term legacy sequel for movies like this uh, that are coming out based off of older franchises obviously top gun is not the first 80s movie to get a sequel made more than 20 years later but despite that it obviously, is a very well-done, well-made movie, in the opinion of most of the people who've seen it, and it's pulling in tons of money, and it's exciting to see a movie like this that doesn't have a superhero attached to it, or a graphic novel or comic book attached to it, where, yes, it is a sequel, it's based on a pre-existing franchise, so to speak, but still, it's, uh, in, in many respects, an original action movie, and it's a humongous box office draw Uh, it's already one of the highest grossing movies of 2022 and based on the success it had this memorial day weekend it's well on its way to making a run at number one or number two of the year thus far
1: before we before we go into a review of the movie which we've both said we've liked quite a bit i do want to talk about tom cruise and where he is right now so tom cruise has starred exclusively in blockbuster movies for the past i don't know five to ten years with like the odd detour but very much so he will make mission impossible movies he will make the mummy he will make uh what what was well, jack reacher he will make top gun <laughs> maverick jack and reacher. yes and these are movies which are have franchises kind of built into them which some people do not like i think that it depends on the movie is fine or not fine but he is drawing in people into movie theaters. And not only that, he is not really co-starring with people. He is the lead. And the draw for these
0: movies is him at the center. Are you a, are you a Tom Cruise individual? a tom cruise individual uh i sure am a tom cruise individual christian i i'm definitely a fan of his he's not someone where I, i've seen all of the movies that he's made but for a lot of the biggest movies that he's made i am there with my butt in a seat i think of i'm a big fan of the mission impossible franchise i've seen all of those movies except the most recent one i've seen all of them more than once i am a fan of a lot of his more classic roles i classic his a earlier roles, something like Top Gun, which is a movie that I'm a huge fan of, as I said, Um, and A Few Good Men, of course, which was uh, made with Rob Reiner and Aaron Sorkin. I I am a big fan of his, and I want to keep watching more movies of his, but this most recent, I guess, era that he's in is definitely of interest to me, because he's one of, he's a member of a dying breed, which is really a movie star who is only going to act in movies. He has not made any TV shows over the last ten years. He has not appeared in any miniseries. Not even an original streaming movie. I mean, the guy has been making big giant blockbusters that show at AMC, Cinemark, Regal, etc. Like he is making big budget movies and he is and for that, I have a lot of respect for him and for how he especially puts himself on the line. Of course, the stunts he does for the Mission Impossible movies is the stuff of legend. So I'm definitely a fan of his. And and seeing this just rekindled that love and made me want to start checking out more of his earlier roles. Like I literally went from, oh, I went from the theater and, and went to bed when I saw Top Gun Maverick. I saw it on Sunday night. But on Monday, I, I watched Collateral, a Tom Cruise movie I'd never seen just because I wanted a little more Tom Cruise in my life. So I'm definitely a fan of his. What about you, Christian? I would say that I... I have many, many
1: blind spots, but even for the blind spots that I have, I have heard of the movie that he's in. For example, um, you know what? I'll just give a spoiler as to the movie that we're going to do next week. Next week, we'll be doing Edge of Tomorrow. I have never seen Edge of Tomorrow, and yet when that movie came out, multiple people in my life talked to me about it. I have never seen Risky Business, and yet I know the meme of him sliding across the room in his underwear... And then and singing or or um, lip singing. I have never seen a War of the Worlds and yet I know that it is a Spielberg movie about aliens that has Tom Cruise at the center of it. He makes movies that honestly people talk about for a good chunk of time. and though his performance has not always landed for me um, a number of times. I look at him and I'm in awe of the man and and how he does command every single scene just just cuz he's so comfortable and just because he he knows what to do in front of the camera to make the line seem amazing and awesome or uh yes yes A- and honestly even some of his smaller works again Paul Thomas Anderson and I are not necessarily always seeing eye to eye but Tom Cruise's performance in Magnolia I think is incredible. And so I also respect the man as an actor and look forward to well look forward to myself just
0: catching up with what he does. He's on a he's on a funny trajectory because for a lot of people they might start out in action movies, big budget movies like this and then they venture into more Dramatic fair, trying to win Oscars and things like that. And his career is sort of reversed in that fashion, in that he made a lot of different types of movies early on in his career. He was in dramas, he was in romances, he was in even some sports movies earlier on, and although he did do action movies, he really shifted into a a purely action mindset for the later years of his life, because the guy is pushing 60 now, and he's still got Mission Impossible movies coming out, and he just dropped a sequel to Top Gun, and he's making a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, that of course has been in development for a long time, but these are the movies he's spending his time on these days, it's incredible, and for most actors who, later in their career, later in life, make the shift to action movies, normally it's like Liam Neeson or <laughs> Nicolas Cage, who we talked about last month. These movies are not necessarily big-budget box office fare. It's sometimes crappy, dumped in January, or put on Redbox, or you know streaming kinds of movies. So... Really, Cruz is a one-of-one a one at this point of his career, and I'm really excited to dive into some of his movies, especially his collaborations with Macquarie, because these two guys have been making some great movies over the last 10 years or so. Let's shift into a review. Are you ready, Scott? Oh, Christian. <laughs> I am ready,
1: let me tell you. This movie, of course, is a sequel to the original 1986 movie. Was the sequel necessary? And let me get something out of the way this movie is better than the original let's just put that out there that's 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 the that's the foundation we're working off of <laughs> why was it better than the original
0: well, see, Christian, this is a faulty premise because I love these two movies equally. <laughs> so why why is it better than the original? Who knows how to answer it? But the first thing that I want to address is, you know, you ask if this movie is necessary. And this is actually a, a specific line of questioning that we got into recently. We have a, a running chat with the Color Brothers of the Hollywood Week podcast, where we, we all share our opinions and get mad at each other for one reason or another. And recently, the idea of, just talking about the MCU and how people should engage with Marvel movies these days, especially when there's now 20, you know, 25 movies or whatever it is, and TV shows. And, you know, what what are these movies are necessary and, and what's not? And, and I really have the opinion that in terms of a sequel, in terms of a franchise, a movie doesn't have to justify its existence. Even though we often know why a movie is being made, of course, because usually movies that get sequels are being made for financial reasons. It's rare that movies are... You know, sequels are made for purely artistic reasons it exists there's absolutely movies like that i think of richard linklater's before trilogy which those movies aren't exactly raking in the millions upon millions at the box office but it's a fascinating way to make a franchise so to speak make sequels but most of the time a franchise film is being made for money and so in terms of necessity i don't know if we can say a movie needs to you know prove its own existence it can just be good or it can be bad because unfortunately we live under you know capitalism and movies are a business as much as they're an art form and so we're going to get movies made for financial purposes and we can just hope that those movies are good and so was a sequel necessary absolutely not and also who cares you know (laughs) like the only question is is it good Or in your words, is it better than the original? And while I don't know if it's better than the original because I love the original so much, in some respects, yes, obviously, it is better than the original. It's it's such a wonderfully made movie and the technical accomplishment is so astounding from how many of these aerial stunts and flying challenges were actually accomplished in camera with little CGI being used to help the process along. I mean... Absolutely stunning. And so at that, I mean, was this movie necessary? Yes, absolutely. To prove that these kinds of movies can still be made. We don't need to make just shot in front of a green screen and we're CGI ing costumes on or props on or fully CGI characters. No, we can make big, ballsy action movies and do it do it for real. Do it with Tom Cruise in the cockpit of a jet. So hey, I don't know if this movie was necessary or not. But, absolutely, this was a win for movie fans, for Hollywood, and, and for the industry, and if I have to say, is it better than the original, I, I guess I do have to say, sure, it is better than the original, and I'm looking forward to diving into that with your perspective as well.
1: I mean, I think that this movie is also, this movie is necessary because they were able to do what you just said, and show these aerial stunts in some of the most gripping, thrilling rides I'm, I mean I, I've ever sat down and watched which is why I wanted to see this in Dolby I wanted the sound to move me now again I'm very much a I love small little dramas and I love stuff that I can just watch on my TV but uh, there's nothing like seeing a plane take off at Mach 9 <laughs> and then feeling that in your seat I, I, I will say oh, that's, my gosh. that that was fantastic to be able to see so let's be let, we're gonna definitely touch on these aerial stunts and how how much they moved us but tom cruise tom cruise as the leading man of this movie what were your thoughts on him
0: dude i mean for as much of the praise that he gets as like an action star where a dude who'll like put his body on the line while he's making these movies you know, he hasn't always engaged the more challenging aspects of acting because, of course, it, it takes skill to make a good action movie. If you have a really terrible central performance, it's hard to fully invest in the movie. But I feel like this is a, a deeper performance from Cruz than we've seen in a few years. And, and as much as I love the Mission Impossible movies, I'm not necessarily watching those for his performance as Ethan Hunt in, in the dramatic scenes where he's going back and forth with the other crew, crew members of his are verbally sparring with the villain. I'm going because of what he and the stunt people are going to do as they actually make the action sequences. But in Maverick, I feel like he really gets in touch with a, uh, some, some deeper emotional truths. And that is really why I think in some ways this movie is better than the original, not just because of the quality of the stunts, but also just the quality of the story where Cruz is Maverick as a character is wrestling with his, basically his life and the choices that he made or didn't make the people that are in his life or are not. And a lot of that comes out in his growing relationship with rooster, who is of course goose's son, because as you know, if you're a fan of this franchise, you know that goose tragically dies in the original top gun movie. Sorry if I'm spoiling it for you. That movie is almost 40 years old, but he's wrestling with the legacy of his life because he's no longer a 20 something hotshot pilot. He's a, Aging, almost near retirement age, military man. They're trying to force him out, and so I think Cruz gives a great performance here, especially as he starts to get into some of those deeper emotional moments with the other cast members here, in particular Rooster. But I'm curious what you think as well. Yes, L-
1: enjoyed it a lot, a- and agree that we're seeing a lot more acting from him in this movie. Especially in some nuances where the trick with movie stars sometimes when they're acting is that they will, uh, the script will play with or their performance will play with who their real life persona is. And you can see a lot of this and say, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, him playing as that kind of uh, past his prime actor and what that means for him. And this is very much a movie that is dealing with Tom Cruise getting older. He's been referred to as old many times in this movie by the entire younger generation. And yet he outshines all of them, is smarter than all of them, can perform more complex aerial stunts than all of them. (laughs) Which is such like a cool, like Tom Cruise coming out on top idea where he's like i'm old and yet i can still do things better than other people which he can (laughs) and the severity in his face and and how he's able to have some emotional resonance is wonderful especially because it's not the most emotional or 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 most dramatic piece of movie dumb that you have ever seen but it's what they do in the first half of the movie that makes the second half, that makes the fulfilling of the mission so incredible. Like, look, I think I, I did. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or if I mentioned this to someone else. The love story in, at the heart of Titanic is not the best love story in the world. But it's that love story that gets set up in the first hour and then followed up by two hours of sinking that <laughs> makes it so cool and so much more uh, depressing and really cements Jack and Rose's name
0: in your head. Like, here's the thing. I'm never going to forget the name Maverick. That's right, Christian. You can't forget Maverick. And I agree. I don't think this screenplay is going to be winning too many awards as we get into awards season later this year and into next year. But it certainly does the job. It it does the trick the story of top gun maverick is probably not the draw you're coming to this movie to see tom cruise and some younger actors get up in planes and pull off ridiculous stunts but it absolutely does the job and it does set up some good dramatic stakes for maverick as a character it's not just about can he complete the mission can he stop the bad guys from doing bad things it's actually about can he salvage his legacy can he save his relationship with rooster who we we find out some conflict in their relationship not just stemming from the the loss of you know goose in the original movie but from the way the role that maverick has played in his life and can can he actually find Peace as a man, because early on in the movie, we find out that he is still at the rank of captain, which is what he attains in the first movie, or he honestly might already have that in the first movie. And of course, normally for a military officer, you rise up in the ranks or you leave the military and you get a private sector job, you enter politics, what have you. But Pete Mitchell has remained a captain, so he can fly planes, and he is essentially. Moved to Top Gun for one final assignment to train some of these pilots for a difficult mission, and given the ultimatum that you're going to do this and then you're going to retire. And so he's wrestling with all of these different things. And that setup in the first half of the movie makes the second half hit that much harder as they get put into danger, of course, as he and Rooster especially get put into danger, and as they're trying to survive this dangerous mission. So, yeah, it, it's a really well done script, even if it's, you know, not award winning or plumbing the depths of the human experience in a way we've never seen before. It absolutely is, is one of the better action movie scripts that we'll probably see this year. Then outside of Tom Cruise, who stood out to
1: you? Because I I mean, I have to say, I loved Miles Teller in this movie. I think that Miles Teller brought some good emotional resonance, at, resonance as the 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 son of Dead Goose who is still trying to come to terms not just with like what uh, what Maverick means to him what Maverick meant to his family but what his own career is and how to live in in the legacy of someone of someone he looked up to
0: yeah teller is is pretty good here and he's also someone you know going into this movie i realized that tom cruise had not released a movie in theaters since mission impossible fallout so it's been four years since we saw him on screens but miles teller also hasn't been super busy either he's been waiting for this movie to come out like a lot of the people in it he is in the offer right now which i don't know if it's finished airing but was on it's the, the miniseries about the making of The Godfather on Paramount Plus that I have not seen because it's on Paramount Plus. So he hasn't been super busy either, but I honestly, I enjoy this performance of his. And it, it was a fun reminder of back when Miles Teller was a star in the making. You know, he never quite got there in terms of becoming an A-list movie star. I think Whiplash is maybe the role that most people associate him with. But he had some misfires, things like Fantastic Four that just didn't go his way so it's exciting to see him in a big movie like this and crushing it because I I think he does develop some good rapport with Cruz and, and aside from his physical resemblance of Anthony Edwards, who's the actor who plays goose in the original movie, he does pick up that, I guess that legacy, if you will, he, he picks it up and runs with it of the Bradshaw family in relation to Maverick. So totally solid work here. I, I gotta say, I also really enjoyed Glenn Powell, who he Glenn features as. Powell was so good. Yes, his his call sign is Hangman, of course. Um, and Powell features in. I, I love his role. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have as much screen time as I wish that he did, frankly, because I wanted him to be in more of this movie. But he is in a funny position because he is like Maverick. He is brash. He's a bit of an a hole. He says it. Like, he means it without much of a filter. He gets in people's grills. He's not afraid to tell off people in authority. His The thing he's most known for and the reason why he has the call sign hangman is because people say if you're his wingman, he'll leave you to hang, basically. <laughs> like, he'll hang you out to dry. He'll hang you out to dry, exactly. So I I love what he brought to this movie as sort of the maverick to rooster's iceman who that's val kilmer's character from the original movie who also returns in top gun maverick
1: no 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 the the, the ice man to rooster's maverick is what you meant to say
0: no it's not at all i mean really in, in terms of like yeah in terms of main characters like yes i understand the swap there but i i mean that hangman is more he's more like maverick because he's brash he's a jerk he he's the fastest Arguably, most skilled flyer and rooster is more conservative, and that's one of the tensions between Iceman and Maverick in the original movie where Maverick's trying to do his loose cannon thing, and Iceman, who is as essentially as skilled as he is, is saying, You're gonna get yourself in trouble, you're gonna get yourself killed. and He wasn't saying necessarily to be conservative and you're flying, but he was saying, Be a team player, we're all in this together. And of course, Iceman goes on to win the Top Gun competition, and that's how I saw them. And that rooster he is constantly insulted for flying more slowly but he would rather survive and and try to win a dogfight than crash his plane by flying too quickly whereas hangman's more like maverick and i love that they have that dynamic there and swap it for there
1: there there is there is a bit of a difference though and and i i want to say the difference is that uh what's what's the better way to say this that hangman has actually gone up in the rankings and will complete a mission. I I don't know. It feels like he's slightly more collected than Tom Cruise's Maverick was at that time. That he's it, He's not really shown to be reckless. He's just shown to be selfish, and I think that there is a distinction there because no one is flying the way that Maverick is flying.
0: This is true, and I think something that's interesting about this movie is that he's not teaching pilots in the Top Gun program he is trying to teach 12 Top Gun graduates so that they can find a team of pilots to fly an especially dangerous mission. So there is a nice twist there too where everybody who he's with has already completed the Top Gun program. They're considered the best of the best and Hangman out of all of them is even more confident in that because of course he's the only person with a confirmed kill in in combat in however many years. So he also wears that like a badge of honor as well. And so it's just there's some great dynamics going on between these pilots, and, and although I do wish we could have gotten a little bit more with some of the newer actors, the newer characters, we do we do get a lot to work with for these newer characters, especially in relation to Maverick.
1: Okay, let's talk about Jennifer Connelly. Let's talk about her, and then afterwards we'll head into the aerial stunts. So Jennifer Connelly is Tom Cruise's love interest at the. Her name's Penny, right? Yes. Okay. So Penny is the daughter of an admiral that Tom Cruise pissed off at some point actually during the original Top Gun and they've had an on again off again relationship it's assumed for these 40 years or so. And right now she is, owns the bar that is next to where uh Top Gun is. So we see him basically going and she is like his grounding force how even though he's so reckless he actually wants to be i don't know if it's be different but make it back home instead of flying like he has no home to go back to i thought that their relationship was fine but it's not what i'm going to the movie to see
0: yeah i i'm with you there jennifer connell is great um again Someone who's not been crazy busy over the last few years, although she has been in the Snowpiercer TV show, which I'm not watching. I've been seeing. Yeah, I don't think you are either. So that's what she's been up to. But it is nice to see her in a big movie like this again. And, yeah, you're not coming to Top Gun for the romance. And I think they have they have great chemistry. And it's, it is a little bit awkward at first when Kelly McGillis, who is the love interest in the original movie, doesn't show up and isn't really mentioned. But you get past that. And... I think they have a couple nice scenes together, and she, of course, is one of the key characters in getting Maverick to reflect on his position in, in his life, and where he is, and where he wants to spend what time he has left, because he, of course, is probably in the back half of his life, and so... They have some nice scenes together. They they get to sail together. We see Maverick on a boat as opposed to Maverick in a plane. Gotta love that. And uh, the the love scene between them is much more chaste than the the first movie's it's love scene. It's not a sex scene. <laughs> <in it. laughs> I said they love like, scene, Christian. Love scene. They, not like, a sex scene. they like kiss, and then her head is like on his. Sh- on, on his shirtless body that's it although i will say something that that connelly just nails is that penny as a character you know she's she's very confident very very open with maverick because they've been on again off again for these many years and the moment right before they they hook up in this movie because at first she's like we're not gonna do this again like we're not we can't do this again i've got my daughter to take care of but they go sailing And eventually they make it back to her place. He drops her off and she gets on his motorcycle and Connolly is walking into the house. She opens the door and as she's walking in, instead of closing it, she just swings it wide open (laughs) and leaves it there. Doesn't look back at Maverick. She just starts walking upstairs. And that was just such a nice moment for Connolly. I think, I think she nailed that nailed the, the forwardness and the confidence of that moment. Again, just to show, I, I think, even some maturity on Maverick's end, because in the first movie he's, he's really pursuing Charlie, who is Kelly McGillis' character, he's really going after her in some ways that are uncomfortable by modern day standards, like when he follows her into the restroom <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. And so to see a, a more adult, mature romance where it is clearly reciprocated between the two of them <laughs> from the start it, is nice. And it's it's fun to see Maverick, the one who it, you know doesn't make the first move. She she gets after him, which I, I liked.
1: Let's move on to the last part of this discussion. That's the aerial sense, which are incredible. Oh, baby. <laughs> They're amazing. I, I've heard other people say this, and, and I, I'm making a lot of Titanic references today. I don't know why, but... I believe one of the reasons that it's so great is because it does the trick the Titanic did perfectly. It shows us what the mission is going to be. It tells us how difficult it's going to be. It shows practices of it, a simulation of it. And then when we get to the actual mission of how they can't be flying above 100 feet, of how they need to do it with two, within 2 minutes and 30 seconds of how this steep incline is going to hit 9 or 10 Gs and make them feel like they weigh 2,000 pounds. We see that, and the lead-up to that, the, the lead-up to the
0: actual mission taking place is so satisfying because we know what to expect. I, I love, too, that they spend so much time setting up how these pilots are the best of the best. They're all Top Gun graduates. We, we selected them out of that pool and Maverick still of course is better than them <laughs> and he gets to show it off repeatedly there is a there's a great bit early on where the the crew comes together and one of the pilots who I think is his he's fanboy that's his call sign i believe fanboy gets to he puts on a bet with Maverick that whoever gets shot down as they're doing this training exercise, whoever gets shot down has to do two hundred push-ups. And Maverick does zero push-ups that day. <laughs> we see each of the pilots taking their turn doing push-ups together. It's, it's, uh, it's funny. It's fun, but also they get to start. They get to start flying, and it's great to see the the aerial action is just as sterling in this movie as it is in the original. But, of course, it, it probably far surpasses it as well as we get further into the movie.
1: Especially since that last mission and how not only the completion of it. Okay, so, spoilers. You know, I don't care. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this. When they finally complete that mission and then Maverick gets shot down and then... Uh, rooster decides to go back for him and how they go into the f-14 which is like the perfect form of fan service that getting into that f-14 having basically no runway to go to it going up against four or five by the way also i loved that we are in unidentified country
0: of course we're the the whole movie we're talking about the enemy our enemy not not Russia, not North Korea, not China, not insert country here. It's just the enemy. <laughs> and where are we going to fly this mission? Who knows? <laughs> like... They're wearing the black helmets. And I don't know if that's important or not, but they, they have black helmets. <laughs> yep. I even love the, the planes that the this enemy, mystery enemy nation is flying. They're consistently called fifth generation fighters, which... You know, Christian, I don't I don't know much about jet planes, but I'm sure there's something more specific than fifth generation. <laughs> but that's what they're called the whole movie, not fifth generation insert acronym here. It's just the fifth generation planes.
1: <laughs> well, but the director said something really smart, which is that he wanted people to be able to watch this movie 20 years from now. And in 20 years, I think someone is going to be able to plop this on their TV and say, oh, wow. It's timeless because the movie looks timeless Uh, unless we get to the point where planes can go past Mach 10, which I don't, I I don't know how much of a priority that is currently for the military. Maybe, maybe it's a really big priority. I don't know.
0: It's 36 more years when Tom Cruise is pushing a (laughs) hundred. Still doing his own stunts in movies, flying at Mach fifteen or whatever it is. Then Top Gun Maverick will be obsolete at that point. <laughs> Top Gun Rooster, Miles Teller. There we go. He can take over the franchise. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no,
1: but this is this is action thrills at their best, and this is story at its oh my best, gosh. and this so is. Good.
0: Like it's just so visceral. It's it's so yes. in your face. Jet engines booming through the sound system at the movie theater. Such a fun watch in a theater. The 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 sound,
1: the editing, the the idea that hope is lost because you start to get familiar with the plane. If the flares are out, it's like oh no, how are they going to like divert from all of the from the guns or the missiles from these fifth generation fighters? <laughs> it's it's wonderful it, it's it's wonderful uh, do you have they, anything else to add
0: yeah they do a, they do a really good job of setting up the even the limitations of aerial combat. We're not that fuel doesn't really come into play here. They don't worry about getting back to base, but you get to, you know, get to see these planes, use their missiles, use their machine gun rounds, use the flares they have as a defense system. And even the limitations of the pilots, Maverick is constantly telling these pilots, we're going to test your limits and you're going to have to push past them to complete this mission. And we see people struggle with being knocked out from the G's and, struggling to complete this practice route they've built out because it is such a a challenging course to get through. I love that they are serious about that because so many action movies, we see that our hero is essentially unbeatable. Maybe he's got kryptonite as his weakness, but he's going to survive it in the end. But they're, they're very real about the limitations of this movie. And you know, from the original top gun that there are, there's a chance that major characters are not going to survive the movie. And so I, I think they do a good job of managing that tension and helping us feel the gravity of the situation. Uh, did you have a particular sequence that stood out to you, Christian, as, as just your favorite action sequence in the movie oh, or fl- favorite so flight?
1: It's so easy. It's when the F-14 pretends to be one of the, uh, one, one of the enemy's ships and that we, <laughs> we see it go up against the two other ones uh, or specifically, where and, and this is such a simple trick, it's flying headfirst at the at, at one of the fighter jets after having shot down the other one. And, oh my gosh! And yes. the, the fighter jet like does this weird trick where it like suspends itself in the air, which I think is a trick that jets can do now. I I, I think that, yep. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. And before and you hear you you hear both rooster and maverick say what the hell was that yeah, right. and, and this and it's that line what the hell was that it's like a we are up against things that maverick has not seen in combat and that he is too old for that made me think yep this is this is this is a good script this is a good script <laughs> i
0: i gotta say my favorite action scene Is the ending is incredible. I I think the the final sequence where they actually go on the mission is fantastic. But my favorite scene in the movie probably comes about. I I I would say this is about you know sixty percent of the way through. It's it's right before the final sequence, and Maverick is you know John Hamm is here. He's playing the the general or the admiral whatever he is who's in charge of the Top Gun program basically tells cruz he's fired at a certain point through the experience training these pilots and cruz is ready to kind of hang it up and he's talking with penny and she's telling him you know the maverick i know wouldn't give up this easily and so what does he do of course but while ham and the other pilots are in the the briefing room getting ready for their training that day we hear air traffic control start talking to Maverick because of course he's up in a plane and him. had just been telling the room about how they were going to raise the time necessary for this exercise. They don't need to fly it as fast as Maverick said they did. And Maverick of course gets ready to not only fly it as fast as he'd been saying they would need to, but he's going to fly it even faster. And that self-imposed restriction does get you get you clenched up <laughs> in your chair. And this, this training exercise that we haven't really talked about to prepare for the mission uh, features them going at high speeds or on a winding path, basically, through a valley. They're barely above the ground by jet plane standards, and eventually they'll have to fly in it, like, invert into this canyon, fire a missile at the, at the target, immediately pull up, survive a ridiculous amount of G's up over the other side of the cliff, and then make it back without getting shot down. And when he goes and pulls off this th- this gauntlet after no none of the other pilots have been able to do it thus far, oh my gosh, it got my adrenaline just absolutely flowing through my body, man. And I, that sequence just like, it, it knocked me out. I was, I was literally sitting there behind my N95 mask, mouth agape. (laughs) Just like, oh, and it's a good thing I had a mask on because the guy sitting next to me would have been weirded out at how insanely into this scene I was. I mean, it's a testament to Cruz and his abilities as an action star. I'm not sure how much he actually flew that specific sequence, how much of it was done by a test or a stunt pilot. But I mean, an incredibly well done, well put together sequence. And it sets you up for how challenging the final mission will be and sets you up into that, of course, that final mission. And so, I yeah, that was my favorite scene in the movie. It just absolutely knocked me out. It was so good.
1: That's it. That, that concludes our discussion on Top Gun Maverick.
0: Christian, can you entertain me for, for but one more minute? Because I'm curious to get your thoughts on something. Sure. So I I was keyed into this by Twitter, and I'm glad that I was because I was watching the movie through this lens. But basically, I saw someone say they, they saw Top Gun Maverick as basically a eulogy to Tom Cruise's career as this action star who is becoming outdated, but is committed to his own ways. Who is willing to tell off the people in power because he's confident enough in his own abilities and of course isn't afraid of the younger generation but wants to bring them along with him and ultimately succeeds and saves the day once again and couldn't help but but see that as sort of a comparison to Cruz's own career they're they're playing with his persona a little bit where he's the last of a dying breed a movie only movie star who not only is movies only but is committed to these Analog action movies with real stunts, real camera work, etc. Limited CGI, and he's the one doing all the work. And of course, he's got all these fifth-generation fighters who are going to make him obsolete, you know. But he he stands up to the danger and he wins the day. I mean, I'm curious. What do you what do you make of all that? Because it made the movie more fun to watch for me as I was thinking about it in that meta way. But Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. I'm just curious.
1: I I mean, I touched on this a little bit earlier. I think it's awesome to have a bunch of young studs and -and up-and-coming actors and actresses be completely demolished by Tom Cruise. (laughs) And I don't know how much longer Tom Cruise is going to be an action star. And you do not need to be an action star to be a movie star. But Tom Cruise, ha- like for the longest of times, has said that he can make people come into a movie theater to see just him. It doesn't matter who else is there. Now, I've heard people say that Tom Cruise can be quite a kind individual. And apparently, he was able to make a phone call to Paramount and, tell- and t- told them, hey, we're going to make Top Gun Maverick now. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and so he has a ton of power. I am glad he is using his power to make himself better. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in. A- and I saw that, and I'm like, haha.
0: <laughs> Amen to that. Did did your screening have the little Tom Cruise greeting? before Yes, it did.
1: My, I, I, yes, I went with the so friend good. from church, and she said, "Oh, Tom Cruise made this movie for me." <laughs> started laughing <laughs>
0: yes listeners if you haven't had a chance to see it i hope you do uh where tom cruise uh, just just as tom cruise comes on before the movie starts after all the trailers and welcomes you to the theater tells you how they made the movie and that they made it for you <laughs> let me tell you that just that just put a smile on my face and set me up for a very enjoyable time at the movies so thanks tom cruise shout out to you buddy
1: that is our discussion on top good maverick currently streaming at your local movie theater even if you live in <laughs> in in the corn husks of Iowa.
0: Yes, I'm sure it is it is even there. And if you are COVID-averse, I don't blame you. COVID is rising around the country. But if you're still taking things carefully, it will be streaming on Paramount Plus soon. I believe it's maybe 45 days. I, I'm not sure if it's from uh, from now or from when it leaves theaters. Who knows? But should be streaming on Paramount Plus. You're going to want to invest in your sound system to make sure you get as legit an experience as you can so christian of course our tom cruise and christopher Macquarie blend of the month presses on not a lot of Macquarie talk today because of course he uh, was a co-writer and producer on this movie we but... talked about the script yeah we we did we did and of course many collaborators there so Who knows what specifically McQuarrie gave to the movie, but we did talk about the script. But obviously, he's a little more hands-on with some of the other movies that Cruz has made. Uh, But next week, another one that he did not direct, to the best of my knowledge, uh, which you already told the listeners. But go ahead and just restate it and where they can find it. Edge of
1: Tomorrow is—I don't know if it's 2014. It might be 2014 uh, or 15 or 16. Who knows? It is not streaming anywhere, so it got it from the library. That being said, it is not streaming anywhere in May. I'm not sure if that'll change for June.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of streaming services will adjust what they have available based on big-name movies. So, of course, when Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent came out, more Nick Cage movies became streaming available. And I'm sure with Top Gun Maverick crushing in theaters right now that more streaming services will try to get some Tom Cruise movies available. So keep your eyes out. Hopefully, it will become available, but otherwise, it is rentable from wherever you can rent movies and likely at your local library. Yeah. And with that, that is our show. So, of course, if you are still listening along, thanks so much for your support, listeners. We appreciate you and good grief. Hopefully you got to see Top Gun Maverick and you are relishing in it just as much as we are. Thanks for coming along for our discussion of the movie. Uh, Honestly, there's more that we could have said. So uh, just a, a great time. Glad you could be here with us. There are a few things that you can do to support the show. Number one, go ahead and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if relevant, leave us a rating and a review. Helps us reach new listeners, and we really do appreciate those reviews. Uh, As always, I I still have low self-esteem, and I still need those five-star reviews to come in just to to lift my weary spirits. Um, Christian, your self-esteem good? You just need them to kind of keep you on top, or where are you at with reviews these days?
1: Oh, so my entire identity is based on five-star reviews.
0: Uh-oh, folks, Christian's entire identity is wrapped up in those five-star reviews. If you haven't left one yet, you better go leave one. And hey, even if you have, just make a second like Apple Music account and leave us another five-star review. It wouldn't hurt. You can also send us your feedback on the show because we have an email for you. It's cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we love to read listener feedback here on the show. And we've used listener ideas for blends of the month, for movies that we cover, and even have had folks appear on the show, uh, and of course, shout out to our guy Braxton Cody, our listener and one-time show guest, Braxton Cody, who won our contest for the month of April. Where or no month of March? Why am I forgetting this?
1: <laughs> I think I th- believe we. It was we March. just finished May, so it That's would right. be.
0: Oh, no, it was April. It's the end of May. Yes, yes. See, listeners, it's May 31st right now, but this episode is in in your podcatcher on on June 3rd or whatever it's going to be. So, yes, Braxton won the contest for April uh, where we sponsored a trip of his to the movies. So we are going to try to do some more promotions and giveaways and things like that later on this year. So want you to be able to take part. That is by sending us an email to cinema podcast at gmail.com. We might just use your suggestions here live on the show. Plus, it's always helpful to know if you honestly enjoy what we are talking about here and covering. So, send us your thoughts. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, and Christian is on Instagram. And both of us are on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we're watching. I've gained a few new followers recently, Christian, and I have absolutely no idea if they're listeners of the show. Nobody is commenting on my reviews and complaining about why I'm always two weeks behind on my Letterboxd uh, reviews. But uh, I'm still waiting for that fateful moment where a, a wonderful listener out there engages with me on Letterboxd. Would love to get those comments coming in on my reviews. I'll comment on yours, folks. I'd love to. But, yeah, follow us there. Christian, are you still on a a minor Letterbox hiatus? I've
1: I've been reviewing and and giving stars. I'm just not – I'm not watching a ton of movies recently because I'm wrapping up the school year, and so – my attention is in 50 different places.
0: Yeah, that's fair, Christian. Way to be a more diligent school teacher than you are, Letterboxd reviewer. Good on you for that. Hopefully, we'll get to see some some more Christian action on Letterboxd this summer once you wrap up the year. But yes, folks, do follow us on social media. We appreciate the support there. And everything that you do helps us reach new listeners and helps us grow the show. So thanks again for your support. Uh, Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? I'm tired. You are tired, but if they've listened this far, it's time for a little Easter egg. Christian, we got to ask it's top gun. You know, what's your call sign, Christian? If you were flying up there.
1: Okay. Okay. So you asked me this before and I would have said, and I said Inca and I like Inca still, but I'm looking for a backup, looking for a backup call sign, you know?
0: A backup call sign? Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I. I and in talking about call signs, I said mine would be Jackal, but it has no significance to me. There's there's nothing witty about it. Like how I like how Hangman leaves you to out to hang dry or whatever. So I always mess it up. So I'll, I'll keep working on that. Maybe I'll have a I'll have a better uh, better call sign for myself. You can't really be flying up up there shooting down fighter fighter pilots and being called cinephile. That wouldn't really make sense. But but you see, you
1: Inca do? is not the name of a people. It was the Inca Empire, but Inca was only the title given to the king.
0: Oh, there you go. See, I never knew that, Christian. So look at that. If the folks have hung around this long, they're learning something new, unless they're smarter than me, which is not a high bar to clear, but maybe they are learning something new just like me. There you go, Christian. We'll keep working on those call signs. But until next time, I'm Jackal, he's Inca, and this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.